Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? It is great to be with you, even though at this time you can't be with me. We, we can't be together, but we can be both in the presence of God. This week, we're excited to begin a new series called Counterfeit. See, we're all chasing stuff. If I can just get that, not sure what that is for you, probably a little bit different, but if I can just get a little bit of that, then I'll be happy, fulfilled and satisfied in life. That's what's missing. That's what I need. But usually when you end up getting that, you realize that that didn't satisfy the need you had. So you think, I'll just get a little bit more of that. And on and on it goes. That promises a lot, but delivers very little. We're talking about the continual pursuit of counterfeit goals. Do you know what I mean? Over the next five weeks, we as a whole church are going to engage with five things that have become drivers in our desire for more. Five counterfeit things that hold out a promise of happiness, satisfaction and fulfillment, but they don't work. They're cheap knockoffs. Fame, money and stuff and comfort and perfection and approval. Now, if you're a life group leader, a small group leader, a family leader, or you just have a mate, you want to go into this a little bit more with then we have a discussion page, a group chat page, a PDF that you can download to go with this message. And I encourage you to get that sheet, get a group and chat your way together through the questions and comments on there. Also, if you want to spend some more time personally reflecting on the themes of this message series, we've developed a seven part Bible reading plan that you can download again and follow. It's neat because there are also seven days in a week, so you can do it one day a week. But you can also download it and work your way through it whenever you like. You can binge it in an hour, probably, but I reckon it's better to spend a little bit of time to give your heart and mind some space to mull over the questions and comments for at least a few hours. Let it soak in a bit. So there we go. Small groups, individual studies, and church-wide messages. Let's get into counterfeit and see where God takes us. So today, we are going to talk about fame. I believe fame is the biggest counterfeit goal in the world today. Its pull is only getting stronger It used to be that people became famous because they did something significant. They won a battle or they had some business success. They had a scientific breakthrough or some sporting achievement or a world record accomplishment. When I was a kid, I had a copy of the Guinness Book of World Records. Those people were famous. People with exceptional skills, talents and abilities. But now it's not the same. The capacity for mass exposure and attention on social media has fundamentally changed the way we experience and appreciate fame. Andy Warhol was right in 1968 when he said that in the future, everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes. People can become TikTok, Instagram, or even YouTube famous by doing incredibly skillful things or incredibly stupid things. They can restore engines, discuss technology or philosophy, they can play music, or they can smash their face in bread. Like, ridiculous. In the middle of last year, during the height of the pandemic, Insider Magazine wrote an article specifically about TikTok, a video sharing platform where young people primarily make 15-second 15 uh, 15 videos and share them. The biggest stars of 2020 are kids. They've gone viral on social media, most famously on TikTok. Charlie D'Amelio has the most number of followers on TikTok. She has 120 million followers. She's only 17. And she started at the top of TikTok when she was only 15. Each video she makes is usually seen by well over 20 million people. That's crazy. Stories like Charlie's give everyone else hope that they too can one day become famous. And it's worth giving it a shot. 
Viacom, the company that owns Nickelodeon and MTV and lots of other things, did some research. And they found out that one in 12 people would actually disown their family to become a household name. One in nine would give up the possibility of marriage to be broadly known. One in six would give up having children to become famous. People are willing to sacrifice so much just for the shot at being famous. It's like a lottery, fame lottery. The prizes are huge, the temptations is high, the odds are abysmal, and the outcome, not that great, right? Experts say these young influencers are even more at risk for developing problems than the previous generations of child movie stars, as their lives are constantly broadcast and watched by millions worldwide. Right now in the news, we have a perfect example, don't we? Britney Spears, a young superstar, an artist who was crushed by fame. And this was just before social media took off. With social media, people have become obsessed with their own visibility. Whether they're aware of it or not, influencers are constantly fighting to be seen and battling the threat of invisibility. So yes, social media is a huge breeding ground for fame, just like lotteries are a huge breeding ground for greed. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, I'm not trying to be a YouTuber. I've never danced on TikTok. I don't tweet or post on Instagram. I just use Facebook to keep up in touch with old friends. Well, that's fine. But I still want you to hang with me in this message because I can almost guarantee that you know someone or you'll come across someone for whom fame is a major goal. And you might be able to help them a little with something from this message. But then more importantly, I want to say that you don't have to be on the hunt for hundreds of followers on Facebook to have a problem with fame. You don't have to be trying to get on TV or, or whatever. The pursuit of fame is much broader and more subtle than that. You might actually be surprised the many ways that we all pursue fame. You may not be in the full-blown pursuit of fame, but many of us have what Craig Grishel calls micro-cravings for fame. Micro-cravings. I love that. We want to be known. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. And you might find this actually showing up in very small and different ways in your life. For instance, when you overcommit, how many of you say yes to something because you don't want to let someone down? You have this deep need to be liked by everybody because this is micro-craving for fame. You end up saying yes to stuff that you'd rather say no to, and you find yourself overcommitted or doing something you'd rather not. Anyone relate to that? Or perhaps for you, it's whenever you do something, you want credit for it did a good job at work. I want everybody to know that I did it. I gave. I want people to know that I gave. I served. I want them to know that I served. If I'm showing up doing something special, I want you to know that I did it. I want credit for what I did. It's a micro craving for fame. For some, perhaps you're overly sensitive to any type of criticism. You don't want any kind of rejection. A hundred people can tell you you did good, but when soon as one person tells you that they didn't think it was that great, you fall apart. One person makes even some semi-rough comment on your Facebook page and you get down. That's a micro-craving for fame. I just want everyone to like and accept me. But let me say, in fact, there is nothing wrong with being famous, right? If you're excellent at your work, if you're one of the best at something, if you make a difference, then fame is inevitable. And there are plenty of biblical examples of this. King David. So David did as God commanded him. They struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Giza. So David's fame spread throughout every land and the Lord made all the nations fear him. A few weeks ago, we talked about David's son, 
King Solomon and wisdom. We told the story of how God offered Solomon anything he wanted. Solomon asked for wisdom, right? And God was so impressed with the maturity of his response that not only did he give Solomon wisdom and knowledge, he also gave him fame and riches. And of course, there was Jesus. I don't know if you've heard about him. He's quite of a big deal. Crowds of people came to hear him, to speak with him, to be healed by him, and just to walk with him. He was famous. Jesus returned to Galilee, powerful in the spirit. News that he was back spread through the countryside. He taught in their meeting places to everyone's acclaim and pleasure. So there's nothing wrong with fame itself, but a desire for fame is dangerous to your faith. Just like wealth, the pursuit of wealth, makes it difficult to follow Jesus, so too does the pursuit of fame. Seeking fame, looking for attention, moves the trajectory of your life away from God, away from others and towards yourself. Ultimately, a desire for fame is self-centered, isn't it? Right? Logically, if you are seeking fame, you are seeking attention for yourself. This is self-centered thinking. I mean, faith, in contrast, is God-centered. So what do we do? What if we get famous? What if we strive to be excellent in everything we do, and we should, and then we get famous as a result? What do we do then? Well, I think our role model in this should be John the Baptist, as we read earlier. John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, the crazy prophet. He lives in the wild, dressed in animal skins. He ate locusts and honey for a balanced diet. And I'm sure we've talked about him before. He was super famous. There are even people today who consider John the Baptist to be the founder of their religion. I read an article recently describing how a group of these followers were baptizing people into their religion, just like John did. But they live here in Sydney, and so they were baptizing people in the Nepean River. They missed the point. See, as famous as John the Baptist was, he never ever sought to be the founder of a religious order. He didn't seek fame. And when he found out that he'd become famous... He attempted to redirect that fame to where it truly belonged to Jesus. Here's what John said. He must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. That is a very powerful statement by John. He was not motivated by fame, but by a desire to serve God in the way he was called to serve. So what motivates you? What is the driver of the micro-cravings for frame, fame in your life? Before you answer that, I want to think deeply for a minute about what's going on in the craving for fame. Why, why do we play the crowd, laugh at jokes that are disrespectful, say things that are controversial to get a reaction? Why do we dress in uncomfortable clothes to make an impression? Why do we commit to things we don't want to? Why do we overreact to criticism? The reality according to psychologists, is that the desire for fame is rooted in injury and neglect. In other words, if you find yourself with this craving to be noticed, to be known, to be admired, to be loved, chances are, at some point in your life, you felt insignificant. Perhaps you had parents who made it very difficult to live up to their expectations. Maybe you were rejected by friends at some point, or you felt overlooked. So there's this longing in your soul to be known, to be noticed, do you like me? Do you recognize me? Do you validate me? Do you accept me? 
the great truth is that there is an acceptance and love that surpasses the accolades of 120 million random Twitter followers. It's the acceptance and love of God. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. This is why, so that no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. That is good news. That's good news. When the time comes, God is not going to say, well done, my good and famous social media star. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's a rich, full, free feeling to know the approval of God. No matter the words and actions of people, God will always love, accept and hold you. We're not striving to become celebrities. We're submitting ourselves to become servants. We're not living for the counterfeit approval of the crowd. We're living with the rich and genuine approval of God. Let's pray. God, I know there are times in my life where I succumb to the micro cravings for fame. I know there are times when I do stupid things to get people to like me. I do things to draw attention to myself and I know it's a counterfeit. God, please help me to feel peace when I'm afraid of insignificance. Replace my fear of the future with trust in your provision and care. Replace my fear of rejection with confidence in my identity as your child. Help me to sense your presence with me more often so that your peace sinks deeply into my mind and my heart. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and the actions of Jesus, my Lord. Amen.